Hey guys, welcome back to Rabbit Hole Stories. Today we had Jordan from the Bitcoin Collective and uh, obviously we went down his Bitcoin rabbit hole and uh, we spoke about all things Bitcoin, the collective and, and, and the journey of not only Jordan, but of the Bitcoin Collective and how that evolved into becoming a Bitcoin only space and um, the, the learning points that he took away from uh, the, the conference in Edinburgh last year. And uh, we discussed things like energy, personal investment in the space and how to continue to remain inspired within Bitcoin because sometimes it can be difficult mm. to, to keep that inspiration and fire alive in your belly about Bitcoin because of the whole dialogue and narratives that are constantly going on in the space. And uh, yeah, that was that was a, an interesting point of discussion for me during this episode. Joel, what did you take away? It was definitely another one of those episodes that was a bit more personal. And Jordan actually had a yeah, very yeah, good yeah. quote in there. I'm trying to remember about halfway through the episode where he said what he liked about our podcast is that we make it personal. And in his opinion, yeah. that's one of the 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 most during need we now have to fulfill in the ecosystem to mm. get more people in because they need to have these personal experiences to get stuff done so yeah. that was quite cool um i think it was also good to see how stressful life as a bitcoin company can be especially like he consumes bitcoin well he doesn't consume it 24 7 but like he's in it all the time so um it was also yeah. nice to hear fellow bitcoiners sort of opt out sometimes um, and see how he handles life. Yeah, and, and the proof of work and the mm -hmm. energy that mm -hmm. it requires um, in, in the space. So hats off to him. And uh, let's go down Jordan's Bitcoin rabbit hole story. And I hope everyone enjoys. Mm -hmm. We're all mad here. Jordan, how has your day been so far? It's been good. It's uh, adapting to life in London. is um, <laughs> having its challenges. Uh, coming, I feel mm. like a, a country boy coming to the city. Although I've been to London many <laughs> times, living here now is, uh, yeah, very different. Yeah, it's an interesting place. And uh, what are the key differences that you've noticed from where you were to where you are now? Is there anything like that stand out obvious that's completely different culturally? Um, what I'm struggling with is how social everything is because i'm i'm used to <laughs> sounds silly but it is like, i know what you mean <laughs> you're you're booked up like every night and you've got a social something social every night and i'm not used to this i'm used to it raining in dundee and mm. sitting inside mm. just working <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's one of the main yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, it does take some getting used to, and uh, I'm sure you get used to it no, in no time. I was just talking offline with uh, you guys, saying we got to organise a beer soon. So as you can see already, you're starting to book up with your appointments and stuff. So. <laughs> I am down, <laughs> mate. Welcome. <laughs> Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. Mate, welcome to Rabbit Hole Stories. We've been waiting to have you on for mm. ages. Um, Joel and I have been nonstop talking about getting you on here. Um, ever since really the whole Bitcoin Collective um, conference in, in Edinburgh, which um, you guys smashed. Apparently everything was fantastic there. Loads of f positive feedback. Um, so thank you and welcome to Rabbit Hole Stories. Yeah, thank you for having me. As you probably know, we are in... Mate, it's an absolute honor. And um, with Rabbit Hole Stories, obviously, the clue's in the title, right? Uh, we're interested in your Rabbit Hole story, how you got into Bitcoin, 
why you stayed and what is it you're doing in the eco ecosystem that is Bitcoin now? So um, some people do start off with the moment they discover Bitcoin. Some people go back even further than that. So we just leave it over to you as to what you think is the most appropriate place to start for you because everyone's journey is different and it started in different places. So Jordan, over to you, my friend. Awesome. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me again. So I would, I'm going to go back to... 2015. But I'm about to take you on a roller coaster, by the way. Like, I've had ups and downs. <laughs> That's ready. I'm strapped in. I'm strapped in. <laughs> uh, so, 2015, I had my first interaction with Bitcoin. So, I actually bought a whole Bitcoin in 2015 for, I think it was about £200. It must have been roughly around then. Um, so, I bought it to buy, it's this typical story, right? I bought it to buy a fake ID on the dark web because I was going to America. I wasn't <laughs> 21 yet and all my friends were. So I didn't want to be left out. So yeah, I bought the Bitcoin and then I obviously sold it straight away or I sent it in exchange for a fake ID, which worked an absolute treat. I've still got it to this day as just a memento, but it does pain me at the same time because I know this piece of plastic is worth one Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was my first... Yeah. Ouch. My first interaction with Bitcoin. And then I didn't really do anything after that. I just saw it as a, a means to get this piece of plastic and... Uh, have a drink so then fast forward to 2017 that's when I mean everyone's kind of there was a, there was quite a boom around cryptocurrency in general um, as the price just rocketed up towards the end of the year so I obviously jumped on that I was buying I couldn't even name some of the coins that I was buying um and so, yeah, got to that. And then obviously we had the crash in 2018, I think it was, early 2018. And I lost interest because I just came to it as this is a way to make money. I'm going to be filthy rich um, by buying these coins. So then I obviously sold at the bottom in 2018. <laughs> Uh, as I think a lot of people do when they don't really understand investing one, but the the cryptocurrency markets in general, because I was very crypto back then. Um, so yeah, I, lo I lost interest after that. And then we kind of fast forward then to 2020, the start of the pandemic is when... It freed me up to have time to research all of this. Uh, so I actually, at the start of the pandemic, I lost my job. Um, so that also freed me up. So then I was on furlough. Um, and obviously I didn't fully appreciate where this money was coming from back then. Um, I was like, oh, I was getting free money. And I think that's what kind of led me to, dig down into 
where's this money coming from? Why am I getting this money? And how is this actually possible? So yeah, that kind of led me down. This is leading me down the crypto rabbit hole. I just want to make that clear. Um, I haven't gone fully Bitcoin yet. I'm very much going down cryptocurrency. And I think this is a path that many Bitcoiners go on, but not many like to talk about because it's it's seen as a it's seen as a bad thing. Yeah, but I agree. I, I don't I don't believe it is because once you've you've been down that road, you've been burned, you've made those mistakes, then that just builds yeah. your confidence in Bitcoin. Um so yeah. Yeah, you haven't just arrived in a bubble and just arrived at Bitcoin. There's been a journey into it, right? And uh, yeah, a lot of people do shy away from their crypto uh, side and they, they tend to shy away from from saying that out loud. So yeah. anyway, sorry, I've interrupted no, you. I know, all good. Um, so yeah, I started researching this and I was actually researching more like TradFi, like looking at like what's fiat and all of that. And then... You obviously get pummeled with crypto marketing um, because obviously they've got marketing teams that can get ads in front of you and sucker you in. So I got sucked in. I'm a sucker at this point. Um, And I go down the crypto rabbit hole and learning about it. And then that leads me on to make a podcast because I, I wanted to document what I was going through whilst trying to educate others on what's happening in this world Um, because it's a totally different world for a lot of people. So that led me to start the Crypto Standard podcast uh, with my co-host and he's actually my brother-in-law, Jim Duffy. So we started that and yeah, we we done that for, I want to say... A year and as we went further down the crypto rabbit hole it became evident that this was the wrong hole to be down uh, <laughs> because the more you learn about bitcoin and yeah you just get the more that you're learning you are getting more you're steering more towards bitcoin and this just makes more sense but with a lot of cryptocurrencies, when people were asking me, but what what does it do? What does it fix? I was coming up with some strange answers. And then when you actually check with yourself, you're like, uh, that doesn't really make sense. Like, how does that add up? Is this a real problem? Um, so yeah, and then you start questioning yourself. And that's where we got to. We were like, why... Why are we looking at all of these cryptocurrencies when we we know that Bitcoin is is the one that the solution to the real problem that we've got, which is the fiat monetary system? Um, so then that made us steer into Bitcoin and move move the podcast from a cryptocurrency podcast into just a purely Bitcoin podcast, which then we called it. The Bitcoin Collective, and that was the start of the Bitcoin Collective as a company. And yeah, that's my long-winded journey into into Bitcoin. You know, I've I've always been 
curious because many people like you've said and I've agreed with, you know, they, they discover the whole crypto side um, and, and it then becomes a bit of a journey of discovering Bitcoin and why it's different from crypto. Why do you think, because this is something I, I, I'm still trying to understand, why do you think there are so many people that understand Bitcoin and the benefit that it brings into the world are still kind of involved heavily in in the crypto side at the same time um and because you, you get you get a point in your in your journey where you're deciding whether to go full bitcoin or still dabbling in in crypto but obviously putting all your heavy bags in in bitcoin in it, it becomes a bit of a, a cross in the roads right because you see a bit of a divide in the whole uh, Bitcoin ecosystem about whether you're Bitcoin only, if you're not, you're not a maxi and you're a shit coiner and all that sort of stuff. And there's a lot of shitting on those people that are still having their their crypto bags yeah. and stuff like that. Have you had any kind of thought process there about yourself personally and why that might be for people? Yeah. I... And I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing either, by the way. Like, you know, it's, it's a personal choice situation. Yeah. I think it, it comes down to greed and wanting wanting more um so one thing that i remember mm, i used mm. to say was obviously i had my bag of bitcoin but then i would always say like i'm using my cryptocurrency investment as a way to then pump up and then put it into bitcoin i think a lot of people still say this and try and justify right. it that way hmm. because it's more of a investment because cryptocurrency is still an investment whatever it whatever you say but then yeah bitcoin is your savings and it's it's a very risky investment mm -hmm. with cryptocurrency um where i think a lot of people try and justify it that way because when in bull markets especially you'll see these cryptocurrencies shoot up like way more than bitcoin and mm. think that's where it catches people is they'll see bitcoin's gone up yeah. let's say five percent and another cryptocurrency has gone up 20 percent that's what attracts people mm. um because they obviously haven't gone down the fundamentals of it or they're just using it as an investment um yeah i think that's a way a lot of people justify yeah, both. Yeah, I'm inclined to believe that as well. Uh, what about you, Joel? I think it's just purely speculation. So at the end of the day, if you've got enough cash uh, liquidity lying around somewhere, either you're invested into TradFi, which, um, funnily enough, for like all of these super clever crypto investors, is still very much uh, difficult to get because um, you're just mm. lacking. A few things. You're lacking the insight and you mostly lack the, the order flow. So you don't see who buys what. And if you don't know who buys what or do, right. does what, um, you'll end up being on the losing side. So I think it's sort of similar to what Jordan says. It's the greed. Um, and, and then, honestly, I know these kind of people who run like crypto hedge funds as well. It's easier to get a, I don't know, 20% return in, in a good year on um, something like a shitcoin um rather than mm. on bitcoin in a bear market like even now with all of these pump and dumps right. um i think people just get more access easier and quicker to these things than on to bitcoin 
Um, mm. cause yeah, these people don't, they're not interested in like, you know, holding it on their hardware wallet. They don't want to save in it. They're just there to execute their orders. And it's like Jordan says, if they end up in Bitcoin with a portion of their savings and the rest just continue keeping, um, trading away, I think, um, that's sort of where it stays. Um, and I guess then you sort of have to, f- the, the fundamentalist or the, um, the, the believers, like, like I know a couple of ETH people who desperately believe Ethereum has like 200 use cases, the way it's being sold, um, when in fact I would say it maybe has two. <laughs> one is to make JP Morgans and their friends more money, and the other one you could argue would be things like stable coins if you really want to be very, very directly. Um, but that's it. Like The other stuff is not really a- applicable. So... I'd say that's sort of the, the two camps you're in. And um, yeah, it's like Jordan says, I think a lot of people in the last three years had that experience. You get free money, you can do fuck all with it. And then you move it into crypto, get the returns. And from that point on forward, it's just like, oh, I made 200% with like Pepe coin or whatever. So mm-hmm. let, let me invest into another Doc coin or Frog coin or whatever. So I think it just like tickles or plays with something in our minds that's um, it's beyond fucked up. Yeah. Um, and we just want to, to, to get that cash in. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, one Bitcoin for a fake ID. Um, I hope you framed it. <laughs> I should. So I, I still have it. it you should. Yeah. I don't... That's, that's a, a significant part in your journey of your Bitcoin story, right? I don't know if I want to see that every day, <laughs> knowing that it's, uh, I've got one Bitcoin hanging on, or I could have had one Bitcoin just hanging on the wall, essentially. Um, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> brilliant and uh, so what's going on with the bitcoin collective at the moment um obviously you guys um had the uh, conference last mm-hmm. year is there is there something in the pipeline are you, are you working in the background with things now yeah so obviously we had the conference last year um which i hear was amazing um i i don't like to say that it, it it went well from an organization point of view um, and then the feedback we got was it was really good um, so I'm very glad for our first one that that, that happened and that kind of uh, gave us a bit of a bit of a reputation um, in the space because we were kind of unknown nobody really knew who we were mm. um, so now it's given us a little bit more credibility and then we ran the event in London, which was last a month ago now, um, which was fantastic. We had Obi there, we had Rachel and Christian. So Obi from uh, Feddy, and then Rachel from Terahash, and Christian from Zebedee. So the three of them talking at this event and this event was just about what I was seeing in the space is it was all very doom and gloom and talking about the collapse of the fiat system and it was becoming very financial market orientated um, because we, we had just gone through the collapse of a few banks, which is understandable. Um, but I was seeing it was all very doom and gloom. And I just wanted to put on an event that 
was the positive side. What's on the other side? What could life look like on a Bitcoin standard if we moved more towards Bitcoin? So that's what this event was all about. It was about having fun and learning at the same time and coming away inspired. Because of the Bitcoin Collective, we always want to educate people and inspire people. That's the two things that we want to do throughout everything that we do. Um, so I always, whenever I'm thinking of doing something, doing a new project, I'm like, will this educate someone? And how do we, how do we get them to feel inspired after it? So that's what this event was all about. And it ran very well. We had a hundred people there. Um, Joel was up on stage. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> And yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was asking like seven questions, but like, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> they were brilliant seven questions. Don't inflate his ego. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where we are now is we've just got new investment into the company and now we've nice. just... Put, we've laid out internally our roadmap where we're going to go and we are kind of behind the scenes building some mm -hmm. incredible things um, which unfortunately I can't announce anything quite yet but we're going to get there pretty soon we're getting closer um, so we've got two projects on the go at the moment and yeah I cannot wait to tell people about it it's, it's really hard for me to hold it back right now <laughs> Uh, but it's really exciting. Like just working in the Bitcoin space, I'll just say, is amazing. Like the amount of collaboration is mm. phenomenal. It's like you're not competing like you would in the normal, normie world. You are collaborating with all of these other Bitcoin companies. So, yeah, just the amount of people and conversations that I've been having lately is phenomenal and it just gives me hope. And I hope that we can then, every, with everything we do, then we can like project that onto our audience. So, Jordan, running a Bitcoin company is not, I guess, as sexy as people make it out to be on Twitter or Nostra, wherever you are, because... It's still running a company and you sort of have the added pressure of, you know, it being um, Bitcoin only, I guess. Or is that sort of the end goal of what the Bitcoin collective should become? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are Bitcoin only throughout. Um, like everything we do is Bitcoin only. And you're right, it's not as sexy as people think. Like everyone's like, I want, mm. I want to work in Bitcoin. Um, I want to start a Bitcoin business, whatever it is. And it, it's not as easy as anyone would think. Um, there's a lot of challenges that have to go with it because it is a, it's a mm. market that's very unregulated. So I'll give you a few examples is when we set up the company, We got rejected from three banks just because we had the name Bitcoin in our um, in our name. And then it was very hard to get insurance 
for mm. the company. And you just have all these stumbling blocks that you you wouldn't really have if you had a normal startup. Um, but on the flip side of that, that's like the negatives of doing it. On the flip side, it is phenomenally rewarding. And I, I work in Bitcoin full time. Not many people can say that and I don't want to take that for granted like right. I'm doing what I love and I'm getting paid mm-hmm. to do to do what I love and that's a that's a special thing and I hope that continues as the Bitcoin collective grows um but yeah you're right it's it comes with its challenges being bitcoin only because if you are a if you're a crypto company it's very different mm. You can get money mm. like that. Like, it is so easy. And the, um, when we were putting on Edinburgh, the Edinburgh conference, the amount of people and companies that approached us that were crypto was insane. And I think we could have doubled our revenue mm. from that conference by including crypto. But... That obviously that's not what we're about that's not our company ethos and I wouldn't want to be promoting any of that anyway so yeah like it's very different in these worlds and that's why crypto companies it's just so much easier to get um, to put on these large-scale events and especially in the UK it's it's very tricky um, because when you look at the UK, there's actually not that many Bitcoin companies. And Mm-mm. for to get investment into the UK from other Bitcoin companies, is it's got its challenges. Um, so yeah, that's... Running a Bitcoin company is amazing. Like, I, it doesn't feel like work, like you said. Um, I think this was offline just before we came onto the podcast like <laughs> Joel, you said the doing this podcast doesn't doesn't feel like you're doing podcasts it just feels like you're chatting and having these conversations <laughs> um which is phenomenal and that that's kind of what it feels like running a bitcoin <laughs> company um but it's it comes comes with the challenges i'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah it sounds like it and um one of the feedback uh, well, obviously, people talk about the conferences on Twitter and Noster and things like that as they're happening, and and on the aftermath as well. And one of the positives that I was constantly reading on on socials was the fact that it was very heavily Bitcoin only orientated, and a lot of people respected that. And um, obviously, there was the obviously there was the choice for you guys to maybe take some of that money and revenue from from the crypto companies and you made that that sort of ethical choice in a way not to do that uh, and that seems to have uh, been noticed by by bitcoiners in the ecosystem um, but obviously it was a lot of hard work and a difficult not a difficult choice to make but um, you had to make that choice and the difficulties that you you have to overcome with like the the funding with the banks and all that kind of stuff and insurance and obviously your focus at the bitcoin collective as you said was all about uh, education and inspiration 
What is it you do to remain inspired yourself personally? And how do you do that? Wow, that's a great question. Um, before I get onto that, and not, I just and, want and to I, And I recognize that... that's not an easy one to answer either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, before I get onto that, like we just when you're talking about the sponsors at the conference, like we made sure that there was no cryptocurrency getting advertised. So our lead sponsor was OKX. And obviously they're a cryptocurrency exchange. Um, but in a lot of their branding, um, their main branding, they've got different coins. So I think on one of them, they had Bitcoin, Ethereum, and I want to say Litecoin. And we actually made them Photoshop out the other two coins. And we said that you cannot advertise any of that at the conference. And to be fair to them, they were very willing to do that. Um, and they are one of the, one of the companies or the exchanges that have actually enabled the lightning network. Um, so it's really good to see that they're, they are embracing it as well. Enough about that on to, let's give me a bit of time to think about, uh, think about your question. (laughs) 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 Um, what gives me inspiration is I look back I'm not one of I'm not one of these people that sit on Twitter and scroll through it and read updates um coming through like I don't I actually don't really like Twitter I never really go on it I will check it maybe once a day to just quickly see what's what's happening um just because I find it's very Finding the signal amongst the noise in Twitter is very difficult. Um, it's very, very difficult. So yeah, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time there. I I like to look at what I've been using lately is looking at the internet and the adoption of the internet. And this that really inspires me because I believe that Bitcoin is on the same trajectory as mm. what the internet was on. So if I look at that and um, you look at some of the videos, you look at some of the articles that were coming out around the point, the early 90s, the mid 90s, the late 90s, when the internet is really ramping up, you'll see a lot of negative stuff about it and mm. people saying this is, is not going to work. Um, just there's a lot of negativity around it and that kind of inspires me because I know that Bitcoin is on the same trajectory. If the internet is the transfer of information globally, and now we've got something that you can transfer value globally, it makes sense that it should be on the same trajectory. So I kind of zoom out a lot when I'm looking for inspiration and I look at the bigger picture um, one of the main, one of the main things that actually got me into Bitcoin was the book, the fourth turning. I don't know if you've read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, phenomenal book, nothing, nothing to do with Bitcoin at all. Um, 
but it's just the cycles that society goes through and yeah I I guess that's kind of me just saying I, I, I like to look at the bigger picture and not worry about the small things that are happening um so for being a bitcoin owner of a company or an owner of a bitcoin company <laughs> um i don't actually keep up I, I obviously keep up with everything that's happening but i'm not there the minute it happens looking at these things because i'm trying to like build something in the background that i think will have a longer lasting effect than me knowing that BlackRock have just applied for an ETF. Um, like I, I found out about that the next day, um, for example. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that I think that answers your question, but I would be very interested to turn this back on both of you. So I hope you've been listening <laughs> or I hope you've been thinking. <laughs> um well, seeing as I asked the question, I might as well respond in my, uh, first and give Joel time to think. Um, I think you you raise a very important point and, and something I need to, um, something I already know about myself is that it's very easy to get drawn in and sucked into the to ongoing the ongoing dialogue that is Bitcoin, Twitter, and Nostra, and and sort of um, going into the 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 pit if you like and fighting unnecessary fights and and it's it's all about reminding myself that i need to just remember what bitcoin is what it's about and the fundamentals of it because that ultimately that's all that really matters it doesn't matter about these this people's political opinion or their bigotry or whatever it is that they've said that i, I don't agree with and, and it's an unnecessary fight in the short term really because i need to keep reminding myself that it's a low time preference thing TikTok next block um, and not get always drawn into into these these fights but then again saying all that my persona on Twitter is questioning Bitcoin so now and again if I do have a question in my own mind that I want to put out there I am inviting dialogue and I think also that is important I think we do need to have conversations and discussion and sometimes debates but sometimes you you just get pulled into the most ridiculous unnecessary arguments Um, so I just need to um, remain humble stack those sats remember the whole uh, low time preference thing and the fundamentals of of Bitcoin Um, and I think I think ultimately it's the fundamentals of Bitcoin that truly inspires me because that's why I chose to go Bitcoin only that's why I'm investing all the, my, the time I, I put into Bitcoin um, on this podcast, putting Signal out there and speaking to people like yourself, Jordan, and all the other guests that come on to learn from them, understand their journey, so I can just focus my uh, my journey um, and know that there are people in the ecosystem with me and I'm not alone. So that's, that's probably what I end up answering uh, in that way. Joel? Um, my answer is probably a bit shorter. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was rambling. <laughs> and I would, I, 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 no, no, I think I'd write down to, you know, just being a bit long in the space. But for me, Bitcoin touches on the probably most human aspect of us all. And, and that's hope. Um, whether you don't have any money, whether your, I don't know, relationship broke up, you got your heart broken, you lost your job. The last thing you usually hold on to before you break is hope. And for many people in the world, 
you know, those can be the most mundane things. Cat videos on the internet, um, calling your your mum, calling your dad, whatever. And to me, this is Bitcoin, because if you look at the whole space, even with all the weird influencers, even with all the weird, just the weird people online or the people you meet at conferences, who like randomly walk up to you and tell you to drive to like Bulgaria to get a Bitcoin ATM with like 0.25% fees. <laughs> I go like, yeah, good job, lad. Like, I'll do that later on. Um, we somehow stick together. And I think... Um, the saying, I can't remember if it was Gigi, maybe someone else who said Bitcoin is hope. It truly is, because even if, if Bitcoin is failing or if it fails, whatever, we are truly fucked. Like, I can't think of anything else where we can sit around at home all day shouting at the ECB, the Fed or whichever, any central bank you want to mention um, and come together as one against a pretty totalitarian world government, I will call it, um, because at the end of the day, that's sort of the thing that they're, they're pushing. They, they want the CBDCs. They want to standardize everything. Um, they want to take it completely away from the individual. And it really is that last front before we go into complete madness. So that's what's giving me hope. At the same time, they're knowing there's so much work left to do. Like the, the whole narrative of we're so early, I think we're even earlier than that, to be honest, because if I walk out to the street, if I meet people who know that I'm kind of into Bitcoin, um, even like all of the clients of mine who aren't Bitcoiners, it's just lacking so much information. And it's sort of like you said, Jordan, with the Internet, um, it's probably even with like, you know, technologies we take for granted these days, like voice over IP, the thing we're doing now, like video chat or phone call over the internet and, and these things were laughed at at one point people thought they're going to break and now we use it and i guess it's just that cycle um i guess it will take longer because we're kind of tackling information and money at the same time so that's quite a hard one to do um, but i think we'll get there and yeah to me it's it's hope getting up in the morning i don't know going to bed at night having have a rough day you know, even if it's the most mundane thing, like a funny meme um, or a good post by someone, uh, it just lifts you up and you're like, oh, thank God for Bitcoin. Because otherwise, um, what would we do each day? Like, you know, go to bed crying or whatever. Um, that's not an option. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with that. And I think that's something that we need to project more in outside of bitcoin um i think that's something that attracts new people to to bitcoin um and that's something that we concentrate on or what the path that we are now going on is looking at how do we bring more people into the bitcoin space and to by that i mean just educating them about bitcoin and they need knowledgeable about what is Bitcoin. Um, because at the moment, it can feel like it's very much echo chamber, people having fights mm. with each other within the space, which is good because you need to have these debates, as you said, Ian. Um, it's important to have these debates internally, but that's not a good, a good view when you're someone mm. from the outside looking in on what's this Bitcoin space all about. They go onto Twitter, they see people fighting yeah, each other. It's off, it's off um, Yeah. So it's, 
about having that hope and the positivity. I think that is where we bring more people into Bitcoin is showing the the really positive and amazing things that are happening in the space. And that just gets sometimes brushed under the carpet in some places. Mm. Um, and the concentration is more on we're doomed. Like life is doomed. It's so bad. Whereas no, like it's not. Like, like I, mm. I really enjoy life as it is at the moment. But mm. we could also mm. have a a lot better way of running the world, um, yeah. and I think that needs to be projected more um, outside of Bitcoin. Is that um, is that something you want to do with the Bitcoin Collective as well? Because I know that the company is uh, like registered as an events and education thing. Yeah. Do you want to go beyond that, or, or what's sort of the 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 ten year? Let's do it investor like. Where are you in ten years, Jordan? <laughs> I'll just whip out my pitch deck. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, we link it in the show notes. <laughs> Still accepting offers, by the way. Yeah, I'm glad you said pitch deck at the end of whip out. <laughs> uh, so ten, like everything. Everything that we're doing is, as I said, is around educating and inspiring. But our one of our main target audiences will be those that are outside of Bitcoin. Like they're not uh, they're not typically on Twitter all the time. Um, we want people that are maybe on the verge. And I think there's becoming a lot more people that are just on on the fence. And they're like, I've heard about Bitcoin. Maybe I've bought it in the past. I don't know what it was or what it is. And I want to learn a little bit more about it. And I think that is going to be one of our main target audiences. Because... There is a growing number of those those people that want to learn what Bitcoin is. Mm-hmm. And especially, I hate to say it because I don't like talking about price, but going into a bull market, there's mm-hmm. going to be a hell of a lot more people, or if we are going into a bull market, I should say, um, <laughs> there's going to be a hell of a lot more people that are curious about it. If you think mm-hmm. back the last two cycles, that everyone gets excited about the price, but can you capture this audience with the price, but then educate them at the same time? Mm. So then mm. they stay for the long term and don't maybe get sucked in by crypto. So that's the the overarching goal of the Bitcoin Collective and everything that we do um, will be going, will be revolved around that. One of the um, luxuries of COVID actually, or one of the consequences of covid was obviously a lot of people had a lot more time on their hands to um read up on bitcoin um like yourself jordan and um obviously a lot of people were onboarded during those covid times because they had a lot of time on their hands and like you 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 came into questioning where's this further money coming from as well so there were a lot of circumstantial things happening at the same time that almost kind of uh, uh, the current of curiosity was running, uh, allowed you to sort of go on that journey, really. But um, obviously, with 
without any lockdown or COVID at the moment, um, it might be a little bit more difficult for people. So I'm just wondering like the, the whole investing that time in that, in educating people um, or educating yourself as to what Bitcoin is when you go going to do your nine to five or your shift work or whatever, um, it's going to be a different environment this time around. And um, I'm, I'm just curious as to how we as Bitcoiners can make the educational um, part of Bitcoin a little bit more easier to understand and more succinct. And I don't know if that's possible because Bitcoin is so complicated and it's hard to really understand the fundamentals unless you actually do all those hours that you need to do to understand it. Um, I'm just wondering whether you've got any ideas about um, what kind of stuff can we do better as Bitcoiners to to put the signal out there? And obviously, one of the ways is what we're doing, Joel, with this podcast, yeah. um, hoping that we, you know, having these conversations, people might hear it. But um, I'm just curious as to whether you've had any thoughts. Yeah, um, like as you said, doing this podcast is phenomenal, and I actually, what you guys are doing, I, I also had the idea of doing a, like finding out people's stories, how they got into Bitcoin, because I think that's really important is because we were going to actually launch this podcast maybe two, one and a half years ago. Um, so I'm glad you guys have done it um, and hat off to you for doing it. Um, it's It must be like so interesting just learning about people's journeys into mm. Bitcoin, um, but making it more, making it more relatable. I think is a is a big key to the content that needs to be coming out and not yep. not making bitcoiners look like psychopaths. Um I know that's a common <laughs> phrase. Um but it's not and also not looking like we're crypto bros. So I get this quite a lot. I don't know if you two do as well. But whenever I say I work in bitcoin everyone just assume or a lot of people just assume that I'm just this crypto bro and I look at trading charts all day every day and I yeah I don't know sit in my mom's basement and just do that um that needs to change that whole narrative because what from what I see is bitcoiners are usually older and we're maybe from, well, this is what I see from the event side of things anyway. The people that are, the demographics that are coming to our events are usually between 30 and 55. And they're having the real world's conversations of what's the problem with the fiat system? Because maybe we've experienced it. We remember it in 2008 very well. And we know what this problem is. And now you're offering us a solution to this problem. Okay, we get it. Whereas what I also see with crypto is a younger demographic. Um, I don't have any facts to back this up. This is just from my perspective that I see is they come at it with an investment point of view and it doesn't have is not backed by the fundamentals of a problem. It's more, oh, this could be cool, or this is like a nice idea. So, yeah, I think that's 
that's a big there's a big demographic difference between bitcoiners and crypto totally lost my train of thought what was the question <laughs> you you answered it well like i think there's nothing <laughs> more we can we can add there um but continuing going on what you said i think this is one of the issues we sometimes have on bitcoin twitter bitcoin Nostra as well where you know it's easy to say like have a low time preference but then it's hard to forget how much shit is happening in people's life like you know depending what their job is maybe they get paid late um, unexpected things you know and it's depressing for normal people to hear or read that these um, weirdos are stacking daily for example or weekly or whatever like oh, i'm missing out on this boat and thing and i think it's important to sort of keep it on the ground level and show people that they are various different things in it um I'm interesting because you said if you say I work in Bitcoin and I think that you look at charts all day, are mm -hmm. there any moments where you kind of say, you know, I just work in like tech or finance or whatever and sort of try to steer away the question of what is it that you actually do? Yep. I do that quite a lot because <laughs> I, I'm not your, well, I'm not your typical, like, I'm not a toxic maximalist. I won't push it on people um where yeah i i like to do things outside of bitcoin at the same time uh because because i work in bitcoin like it can become all consuming and i've been through periods of that where it just consumes mm. your life and I, i don't know if either of you have been through that um Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. literally treated, I, I literally oh. tweeted today, um, something along the lines of, um, sometimes I just wish maybe I could just forget about Bitcoin for one day or something like that, <laughs> just to sort of like reset it because it does get a little bit intense at times. <laughs> And funnily enough, like I had a feedback off a client today, um, who's also a Bitcoiner and he's like, Sometimes it's hard if I like read your stuff mm. that you, you don't differentiate between like um, you're writing for like plebs and um, maybe like a more high end client, mm. um, you know, think of like, I don't know, Fidelity or someone like this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, shit, he's got a point because like if I need to write about TradFi stuff, fintech stuff, this is easy. Like I have my sources. I know what to do. I know what to tell. But with Bitcoin, especially because you almost overconsume and you really have to be careful You, you, you don't know where that boundary is. So um, it, it's always funny to hear if people are actually honest and say like, yeah, I've totally missed the boat of saying I work in Bitcoin and just say like I work in fintech or something like this because it's the easier conversation at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I I do that a lot. I, I in certain situations, I steer away from talking about Bitcoin because a lot of people like to talk about Bitcoin, even if they're not in Bitcoin um, or cryptocurrencies. Usually it, I say that I work in Bitcoin and like their first response is, oh, I've got some cryptocurrency or I've got some crypto. Um, so it's always like, I need to be like, oh, but it's not crypto. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I steer away and I actually, in certain situations, um, especially when it's around family and friends, I will just say that I work in education and events and I won't bring up the yeah. topic of Bitcoin. 
um, unless they do, and then I'm I'm happy to chat about it. Um, but it can just it can lead to sitting in the corner of a party and someone's just asking you lots and lots of questions and if you're doing that every single day you're working in it and then you try and go and relax and then you're in social situations and you're talking about it it gets a lot well I can't yeah. handle it anyway um I need some yeah. some time away um because yeah as I said I've been in that situation where it just consumes my life and I try and push it on mm. people and that I've, that's I've, what I've found is that's not an effective way of doing it. People will, people will come to Bitcoin in their own time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just mining Bitcoin that requires all that energy. It's, it's the actual holding the, the, the sort of knowledge of Bitcoin and what Bitcoin is in yourself and then having to sort of like explain it outwardly towards uh, to, to other people when they're curious in that, in that moment, it requires a lot of energy. One last question before we round up this uh, episode is what, if any book, would you, or article, Bitcoin directly related or otherwise, would you recommend for people to maybe pick up and, and have a read of um, that has helped you understand um, Bitcoin or life any better? Yeah, so... Talking about, I'm going to keep on the theme of like meet, essentially meeting people where they are, which is what Jeff Booth likes to say quite a lot. Um, so I, I'm very, very much in that that camp of you need to meet people where they are and <clears throat> not push it on them. Or if they like, they have certain interests, then to try and figure out how would they like Bitcoin is like. How does their brain work? I've been lately trying to put myself into the shoes of non-Bitcoiners and be more empathetic towards, like, how would they be feeling? Um, what's their pain points? Um, so, yeah, meeting people where they are. And I would say Jeff Booth wrote this amazing article called The Greatest Game. Don't know if you've read it. And phenomenal i would recommend anyone to read it it's on uh, medium he's got it on i think he wrote it two years ago just after his book and yeah his book's obviously phenomenal uh, the price of tomorrow but it's, it's hard to ask someone new coming into the space to be like go and read this whole book which isn't necessarily about Bitcoin. Um, right. So I usually steer them towards this article and I, I read it when I need inspiration. That's another answer to your question, actually, is I think I've read it maybe up to 15 times. And right. yeah, it just like ignites that this is why I'm in Bitcoin. I've just found it here for anyone who wants it. Yes. And it's um, apparently a 23-minute read, so it's an easy one to sort of digest on, on your way into work or something like that. So, yeah, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that one because that's the first time I've heard of it as well. So I might give that a 23 oh, minute amazing. read in the back of this interview. So thank yeah. you for that recommendation. And thank you uh, for coming on. It's been a fascinating journey uh, down your Bitcoin rabbit hole. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, meeting you up in uh, London very shortly for a couple of drinks. And um, again, Joel, is there anything you want to add or say? No, I mean, generally speaking, also thanks from my end for mm. coming on and um, just giving an insight that um, life is amazing in the Bitcoin ecosystem, but it can be stressful at times. And uh, yeah, I guess the, the social links, it's just Twitter is probably the easiest place to reach you if they've got questions, right, Jordan? Yeah, so just actually just put my email address. Um, so jordan at oh, bitcoincollective.co.uk um yeah if you could put that in the show notes it's probably the easiest place to get me uh because as i said i'm not not really on twitter um and if you want to keep up with like what the company's doing then we've also got a newsletter if that's of interest nice awesome that was um perfect and we'll definitely have everything in the show notes yeah perfect well thank you guys for having me i've been i've been wanting to get on for a while and um yeah i'm <laughs> glad that we could go down the story of my rabbit hole i really as i said i really like the more mm. personal podcasts where you can actually get behind what behind the companies that people are running and mm -hmm. yeah get the full story so yeah thank you guys and thank you for producing this podcast as well perfect Cheers. You're welcome and uh, I'll see you soon and take care.